guys act like you've never seen a bald Mr. Rogers before. <laughs> so when we're young, we have all sorts of hopes and dreams for the future. And they can range from the, the simple basic things like, someday I want to be like mommy or daddy. Or they could be a little bit more outrageous, like someday I'm going to be Tony Stark, also known as... And man, back, back then, the toughest decisions we ever had to make in life were, what are we going to watch on TV when we get home from school? Is it going to be Flintstones or Scooby-Doo? Is it going to be SpongeBob or Jimmy Neutron? Is it going to be Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? But then life moves on. We go off to school, we go off to college, or we join the working world, and life starts to move along. It doesn't take long to discover that maybe life's not all sunshine and rainbows like it seemed like in all those other shows we watched when we were kids. And the people, we find that people can sometimes be a little bit harder to get along with than it seemed like in those TV shows. Some of those people who even have our, should have our best interest in mind end up hurting us or causing some wounds in our life. And then it seems like those, those that that simple life that we dreamed about when we were growing up and saw portrayed on a show like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood seems far from reality. But life moves on. We grow up. We find ourselves living in the present, but sometimes still infected by the past. And then we find ourselves sitting in church on a Sunday morning. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But first, let me say welcome. So glad you guys are here. Looks like some of you have been, been here for years. You, you're welcome back. It's so good to see you again. Some faces seem pretty new around here. I want to know if that's you. If you're first or second time here or you're new to New Walk Church, you're just as welcome as anyone else. And we're so glad that you are here. But absolutely. But I have to tell those who are new, I have to tell you something that, that I'm not the guy. Every weekend, we have our lead pastor, Pastor Gary, who's typically up here, brings a five-star message every single week. And uh, so he's out of town this last week, so that just gives us some time to spend together. But I wanted to tell you that to make sure you come back to hear Pastor Gary. So they make a movie about Mr. Rogers. Really? You know, I have, to, I have to admit, I asked myself that same question when we were talking about the different movies we'll be using for this blockbuster series throughout the summer. I thought of all the movies we could choose from. I mean, we like stories about adventure, about excitement, something risky. We like characters like Frodo Baggins, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, Bruce Wayne. But Mr. Rogers? Those other guys seem way more interesting than him. So needless to say, I reluctantly rented the movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and watched it. Now the movie is based on the children's show, uh, A Beautiful Day, or, or what's it called? Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It's based on that, and it was, it was hosted by Fred Rogers. He was a former minister who had now uh, decided to make a children's program and became very successful at it. Minutes into the movie, I was hooked. No, not because of the explosions or superheroes or lightsaber battles. I immediately connected with the main character. 
No, not Mr. Rogers. You see, the movie's not really about Fred Rogers. Instead, we're introduced to a fairly average guy named Lloyd Vogel. Now, Lloyd is a guy not too different than a lot of us. He grew up uh, with a lot of hopes and dreams for the future, but found out that life kind of kicked him around a little bit. He got knocked to the ground a few times in life. But rather than rising from the ashes like a superhero, we find a man who is living a life controlled by anger, by bitterness. Matter of fact, check this out. This is where we first meet Mr. Lloyd Vogel. So Lloyd is a man long past his childhood, and he's starting to realize that life isn't going the way that he had he'd hoped or planned. Again, he had been hurt, and he had built his life carrying that baggage around. And as the story unfolds, we start to see the bigger picture. You see, when Lloyd was just a little kid, his mom was passing away from, from cancer. And his dad started sleeping around on his mom. And then one day just leaves him, walks out on him, his mom, his family. Shortly after, his mom passes away in an agonizing death from cancer. And there's Lloyd all alone. You can certainly see why he has such a broken, strained relationship with his, with his own dad. You can also see why he had such a poor reaction when he finds out that his dad is coming to the same event that he's going to be at, his sister's wedding. Now his dad, who has long since been remarried, wants to pretend like nothing's wrong, like there's no problems at all, everything's just fine. And I think Lloyd is a guy that we can all relate to. Maybe not in the way that we see playing out in his life, but certainly in this way. We're all handed baggage in life that we never asked for. It's the first thing I want you to put in your notes. We're looking at five principles we can learn from a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And this first one is just the reality that we're all handed baggage in life we never asked for. Now, regardless of where it came from, the point is that we're all gonna face troubles and hurts caused by other people. Nobody's immune. Matter of fact, if you just scroll through Scripture quickly, you see this is all throughout. Jesus told us, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Paul, the apostle, said that he experienced hardships and troubles to the point where he thought it was going to drive him to death. James and Peter write about not being surprised when trouble comes your way. Don't be, don't be surprised by it. Over and over again in Scripture, we're reminded that we're going to be handed baggage that we never asked for. But what we do with that baggage makes all the difference. Far too often, that baggage fuels anger. Then anger sits around, turns into bitterness. It's the second thing I want you to put in your notes. Unresolved anger turns into bitterness. We certainly see this play out for Lloyd. He had packed his anger down inside for so long, he couldn't see it anymore. But everyone else sure could. I think that's why God warns us. Hebrews chapter 12, he says, Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And man, we see this in Lloyd's life for sure. He became poisoned by his own anger, his hurt, his bitterness. And it had shaped who he had become. His lifetime of bitterness had now started to infect and corrupt those around him, his wife, his son, and more. 
Well, in spite of his frustration, he decides to still go to that wedding, even though he finds out his dad's coming. Let's see how this turns out for him. Look at that face right there. Can you relate? Again, maybe not to Lloyd's exact situation, but can you relate to a time in your life when you felt so beaten down, so misunderstood, so hurt by others, so betrayed by things that you never asked for in life? So Lloyd's pretty angry, and we can certainly understand where that came from, but why not? Why all these years is he still being controlled by anger? Here's a key statement I think that we all need to face. Circumstances do not cause bitterness. Circumstances do not cause bitterness. Your response to circumstances is what will eventually define you. Now, some might push back on that statement. What do you mean circumstances don't cause bitterness? Do you know what happened to me? Here's the cold, hard truth. If you're bitter, that's on you. It's not the fault of the... Your circumstances, it's not the fault of the person that hurt you. And that's not to excuse their actions or say what they did was right or okay. You may have been hurt deeply, but like it or not, bitterness is a choice. You can choose to be defined by anger and bitterness, or you can choose joy and freedom. First Peter chapter 3 says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, buckle up. Pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. So God's telling us right there, rather than retaliating, be kind, be forgiving. And the result, God's blessing. That's a pretty big deal. Bitterness is a choice. Freedom is a choice. Bitterness is a choice, and freedom is a choice. Again, your response to circumstances is what's ultimately going to define you. So back to Lloyd. As his life just continues to spiral, he's about to sink even deeper, this time at his work. So look at that face right there. Who's that for you? When we first started talking about this subject a few minutes ago, who's that person that, that came right to your mind? It fits that description. Is it maybe somebody in your life, maybe your family, your neighborhood, where you work, at school, maybe right here at church, that you avoid because they hurt you? You can't even stand to be in the same room as that person? If that's the case, that's a sure sign that those bitter roots are growing. Now, after Lloyd tries to get Mr. Rogers on the phone and, and, and starts this process of, of this interview, he's still a little bit suspicious. He's thinking that nobody's that squeaky clean. And he tells his wife that he has this opportunity to, to interview Mr. Rogers. And she says, oh, good, at least it's somebody good. And then she begs him, please don't go try digging up dirt on Mr. Rogers, knowing her husband's reputation. She doesn't want him to ruin her childhood. And he looks at her and says, we'll see. And meanwhile, Lloyd's dad continues to try to reach out to Lloyd, 
hoping to speak with him, but Lloyd keeps that door firmly closed. He wants nothing to do with his dad, even refusing to call him dad, instead using his real name, Jerry. And in the middle of all this messiness, the phone rings. It's Mr. Fred Rogers. He's returning Lloyd's call, and he agrees to be interviewed by him, possibly walking into Lloyd's trap. Let's see how the interview goes. So over the next days and weeks, Lloyd watches hours and hours of videotape of Mr. Fred Rogers. He's able to spend more time with him, interviewing him again and again, just trying to figure this man out. And as Lloyd continues to hold his own father at arm's length, Mr. Rogers starts to step in as almost a, a father-like friend. Lloyd is both drawn to Mr. Rogers and becoming a little bit irritated by him. And by this point, it becomes pretty clear that Lloyd's really the one being interviewed, not the other way around. And Mr. Rogers, out of genuine love and concern for his newfound friend Lloyd, starts to help him peel back the layers that had built up over his lifetime. And then things keep progressing quite well until one day Lloyd comes home, and who does he find sitting in his kitchen but his dad? An argument breaks out and it escalates and it, it ends with his dad collapsing on the floor. They have to rush him to the hospital and soon find out that he's dying. Even still, Lloyd continues to be angry. Angry at his dad, angry at his wife, and now angry at Mr. Rogers. Refusing to consider forgiveness. And at one point, Mr. Rogers even says to Lloyd, it's strange, but sometimes it's hardest of all to forgive someone we love. Those are some powerful words. Have you found that to be true in your own life? I know I have. Just moments ago, I was ambushed in the hallway here. I was getting ready to come up on stage to preach this very message. My daughter runs up to me. She says, Dad... Uh, I love you, and I got a tattoo last December, and I got to go. <laughs> what? My son had bought a tattoo gun a year ago, and uh, this little moment happens that I literally just found out. We've not even been able to, dis to discuss this moment. So needless to say, it's going to be an interesting lunch, and I've got to figure out how to forgive someone I love so I'll meet you all down front here after the service. We're going to lay hands on my daughter. <laughs> Let's look at this issue of forgiveness for just a minute. Colossians chapter 3 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. These are some powerful words that help us understand a very simple concept. And when I say simple, it's simple to understand, but it can be one of the most difficult things in life to actually live out. And here's what it is. Forgiveness is not an option. It's a command from God. Forgiveness is not an option, it's a command from God. 
See, we get pretty skilled at stuffing things away, pretending we've, we've hidden it from ourselves. Or we get pretty skilled at excusing it. Well, you don't know how bad I was hurt. I have a right to feel this way. They don't deserve my forgiveness. And we might know all the Bible verses about forgiveness. We may have heard a dozen messages about forgiveness and yet still sit there angry, bitter. But no matter what kind of excuses you want to come up with, here's what eventually happens. Withholding forgiveness makes you weak. Withholding forgiveness doesn't give you power doesn't make you strong. No. It makes you weak. And when you're weak, you're in a prime position for more and more trouble in your life. When I was a kid, sometimes I'd get to go to work with my dad. He was a, a carpenter, and so sometimes I'd ride along with him for the day and go out to the different job sites. And this one day, he was working around a window. He was trying to take off some old window trim and put some new trim on. And he's trying to take this, this piece of trim off and he's got a crowbar and he's pushing on it and pushing on it, pushing on it. Finally, the trim pops loose and his hand punches forward right through the glass. Glass shatters all over his hand. It's cut up, it's bleeding. There's glass in his hand and he's pulling the glass out, shaking his hand. Here's this little kid watching his dad, you know, bleeding all over the place. And, and uh, finally gets most of the glass out. Then he does something that, guys, I think we need to take a, a lesson from here, especially the men. He grabs a roll of duct tape, <laughs> duct tapes his hand up, goes back to work for the rest of the day. Some of you guys are like, yeah, what's, where's the problem with that? Well, he goes home that night, takes the duct tape off, cleans it up a little bit better, bandages it up, and goes off to work the next day. A few days go by, it looks like it's starting to heal. A couple weeks goes by, it's healing up pretty good. Then one day he's out on the job site, and he moves his hand a certain way, and ow! It hurt, but eh, it's fine, and goes on about his day. Everything's fine, a few more weeks go by, he moves his hand a certain way, and ooh, ah! Well, whatever, forget that. He's fine. A few more weeks goes by, same thing happens. A month goes by, a couple months go by, same thing happens. A year goes by, two years go by. Most of the time he's fine, doesn't even think about it. But every now and then, he's grabbed by that pain again. One day he's out in the yard, he's watering something with the garden hose. You know how sometimes when there's a kink in the hose and the water stops flowing, you give the hose a big shake like that, and the water starts flowing again? Well, he does that, gives a big shake and oh, feels that pain again. Felt a little different this time. Looks down, a piece of glass sticking out of his hand. Been there for two years. You know, our lives are an awful lot like that. When we're hurt by something, we get really good at just packing that down, pushing it aside, and we're fine. We kind of heal over from it, we go about our lives. Most of the time we're fine, we don't even think about it. But then we see that person and, ah, there it is again. Pack it back down, we're good, we'll go fine. Weeks go by, a month goes by, no problem at all. And then somebody says something or triggers it, and ah, there it is again. And we can go for months and years of our life living that same way, again and again, hurt by that same thing. But convincing ourselves, well, most of the time I'm fine, I don't even think about it. Well, for my dad, when that glass finally poked through, he took it out, 
bandaged it up properly, and this time it healed up properly, the way it was supposed to heal up. Same goes for us. When we deal with those things the right way and finally get them out, we can be done with it for good. Now for Lloyd, as time passes, he continues on this journey, and finally in just the smallest way, he starts to begin to see his own need to forgive. So when we were preparing for this message series, it was decided I was going to um, choose an outfit like Mr. Rogers uh, to, during, to give this message. And last night, I used the outfit he was wearing from that scene. It didn't go over so well. So I decided to go with the red sweater today, maybe a, maybe a better choice. Also, just an update on the story I told you a minute ago that was a true story, but um, no children were harmed in the making of this message. And I found out that my wife had, had given a, her, her blessing already or, or said it was okay, so I lost that battle before it began. So if you're concerned about my kids, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Listen, forgiveness can be a lot like climbing a mountain, especially when the wound is deep. It's not going to happen overnight. It might take some time. But what you can do is you can take the first step up that mountain. And you can determine that no matter how long it takes, no matter how hard it gets, that you are going to make it over the top of that mountain of forgiveness. And one day, you'll realize that what was once a mountain that was too high to even consider climbing is now just a landmark in your past. Ephesians 4, 31 says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. This is a tough list. Harsh words, slander. Slander is ripping that person apart behind their back, telling everybody who will listen about how they hurt you as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Maybe the reason that you can't forgive is because you really don't understand God's forgiveness. Do you realize the hurt that my sins, your sins, has caused God the Father? Our sins condemn us to eternal punishment. But God, in this ultimate act of forgiveness, sent his son Jesus to take the death penalty that you and I deserve. And if we're willing to turn from our sins and turn to him for forgiveness because of what Jesus did, he's there like a loving father with open arms saying, of course, of course I forgive you. No matter what you've done, God is there to offer us forgiveness. We turn to Jesus as Lord. Maybe for you, that's your first step up this mountain. 2 Corinthians 5 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So when people see you, do they see a new life a person with a new lease on life? Or do they see a person who's controlled by anger, quietly infected with bitterness? 
Now as the days pass for Lloyd, he and his dad spend more time together. And there's this scene where Lloyd is sitting there in the middle of the night, and he's holding his, his baby son in his arms. And he begins to realize that he's on the same path to becoming just like his father. If he doesn't course correct, maybe his son's going to end up resenting him in the same way that he re resented his own father. He's beginning to come to grips with who he had become, and in turn, his father starts to see how some of the ways he had hurt others had affected them. He sees his own poor choices in life, and then a special moment happens. Check this out. Now, there's a little more to the story, so I won't completely spoil the ending for you. You can still go ahead and, and watch the movie if you'd like. But as we see at the story, in the, at least at this point, there's some forgiveness on both parts. But that's not always the case, is it? We're not always guaranteed a, a Hollywood-like response in our own life. We're not always guaranteed a warm, fuzzy reaction when it comes to forgiveness. But either way, you need to take that step forward and begin climbing that mountain. For you, maybe that person who caused the hurt or the turmoil in your life doesn't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about what they did. They're not sorry. They don't want anything to do with you. What do you do then? Do you look them up, drive to their house, and shove a fistful of forgiveness in their face? <laughs> no. But I believe you can take that matter to your heavenly Father and release that person between you and God and be free. Or for you, what if that person that, that hurts you deeply is no longer here, they've passed away, but they left you stuck with daggers and spears that you are now having to live with because of their, their words or their actions? What do you do then? I believe God's command to forgive is still the same. You can take that person, take that situation to your heavenly Father and forgive release it to him and be free. Or maybe in your life, that person has tried to reach out to you, like Lloyd's dad was trying to reach out to Lloyd. Maybe that's your case as well, but you have no, no part of that. You, don't, you just keep closing the door on that person. And yet you're choosing bitterness and anger when you could be choosing Freedom. You've heard me say this word three times. Let me make it crystal clear. Forgiveness is freedom. Forgiveness is freedom. The choice to obey God is yours. You can refuse to forgive and stay chained to that anger, that bitterness, or whatever you want to call it, and however you want to excuse it. Or you can forgive and experience freedom. So today, maybe you're beginning to understand that need to forgive. Maybe you've, you've heard this before. God's already been working on your heart. You know what you've got to do, but you've just been kind of delaying on it. Today, it's time to take that, take that step forward. You know what to do next. Now start climbing. But for some of you, maybe you're facing this for the first time, this idea that I've got to let this go. I've got to forgive somehow. You don't even know where to start. You don't know what to think, how to... How to even approach this in your own mind. Let me tell you, we are, we're here for you. 
Our church is here to walk beside you, to pray for you, to pray with you. Matter of fact, at the end of the service, there's a team that'll be right down here in front. That's our prayer team. And they're here for that very reason. You can come forward and just, just talk with someone about that. Pray with someone about that. Begin that, that step right now. You don't have to face this alone. Matter of fact, here's something else. On Monday nights, every week here at our church, we have Celebrate Recovery for our hurts. Yeah. It's for our hurts, our habits, and our hangups. It's not just about an addiction. It's about all sorts of things. If you're struggling with anger and forgiveness, that's a great place to start. We also have divorce care on Monday nights. Maybe you have some things in your past you're wrestling with along those lines. It's a great place to start. We also, this Monday night, we have Grief Share starting up brand new with Pastor Darius leading it. Maybe there's some struggles in your life dealing with the loss of somebody. Maybe they're already gone and you're still just trying to sort all that out. It's a perfect place to start. Start fresh this Monday night with Pastor Darius at Grief Share. 7 o'clock right here at the church every single week. Now at Celebrate Recovery, we often say, hurt people, hurt people. Maybe you found that to be true in your own life. Maybe you've been the recipient of that or maybe you've been the one doing the hurting. Here's what's also true. Forgiven people, forgive people. Maybe it's time for you to take that first step up that mountain today. Would you guys close your eyes and pray? Father, we, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your forgiveness. When we look and are reminded of, of what you've done for us when we've hurt you so badly with our actions and yet you hold your arms out in forgiveness because of of what you've done through your son Jesus. We're amazed at your forgiveness. But you also see our hearts, how we have a hard time forgiving others. And it shouldn't be hard when we see what you've done for us, but yet we get caught up in it. We have difficulty. So Lord, for those in this room right now who are struggling with this issue of forgiveness, I pray that you would walk alongside them, speak to them, speak to their hearts, show them more of who you are. And with your heads still bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to say this. Maybe some of you are realizing today that your first step is to turn to Jesus for forgiveness of your sins. If that's you, just look up me for a quick second. Don't wait on that any longer. That is the most important decision you will ever make, to turn from your sins, to turn to God for forgiveness because of Jesus Christ. And you can do that, settle that today. You can come forward and, and talk with somebody here at the front of the stage at the end of the service or pray with them. You can mark it on your Connect card if you'd like. Either way, don't leave today without settling that issue. Father, we love you, we thank you, we thank you for your love, and we love you so very, very much. And pray this all in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.